Welcome to a mini episode of Seemingly Ordinary. In this episode, I'd like to reflect on the last episode, which featured my good friend Tom Ruzica, who completed two Iron Man competitions. Plus, he's just done an endless number of sprint triathlons. He's ran at least as far as I know, at least seven or eight solo marathons. Uh, Tom is just an amazingly hardworking man with tons of endurance, and it was an honor to be able to speak with him. Well, personally, I have ran 500 half marathons over roughly about a 10-year period. I also, during that period, ran 51 marathons. For people who don't know, a half marathon is 13.1 miles, and a full marathon is 26.2 miles. And this was something that eventually I wanted to do. I wanted to run a marathon, and then just it became sort of crazy, maybe a little bit out of control. And then it just kind of went on for 10 years, and I averaged roughly five marathons a year and about one half marathon per week. And the thing is, I told myself, if you're in shape for one marathon, you're in shape for two. So there were certain years where I ran seven where in one particular case, I put marathons literally nine days apart. And I've been reading about various people, like there was a 73-year-old medical doctor who was running a marathon every single weekend. Every single weekend, he was going someplace. And, and I have to say, the actual atmosphere of the marathon was really fun. Um, lining up for the race and just being with thousands of other people, and chit-chatting with them. And then afterward, there's an after party where all of the runners would talk. Well, not all thousand of them, but you get the idea. There would be food, there would be drink, occasionally there would be beef, sometimes there would be beer. Uh, it was just a very, very fun, pleasant experience after you were over and done with the whole thing. And running it was great because you would get the tour of the city on foot, which is literally a thousand times better than driving through the city. Um, you would see all of these wonderful monuments. They would always sort of show you the greatest hits of the city up close. I ran marathons in Nashville, Tennessee, um, Austin, Texas, I believe it was. No, it was Fort Worth. Gosh, it's so long ago, I don't quite remember. Pensacola, Florida, Las Vegas twice, um, Omaha, Nebraska 10 times because it's close, Lincoln, Nebraska, for whatever weird reason, that was my favorite other than Kansas City, which is where I live. And that was also just a joy because Kansas City has a lot of different type of neighborhoods that are really not terribly similar to each other. And so it was kind of like visiting just a whole series of different towns. And it was wonderful and fantastic. Well, how did I get into this? I kind of want to go back to when I was a kid. When I was five years old, my best friend owned the donut shop. And every day after school, well, his dad owned the donut shop, but every day after school, we would stop and I would get a chocolate cream filled donut. And so I would eat this donut. And by the time I waddled into first grade, I was 90 pounds. Uh, the other boys my size were about 70 pounds and I had a little beer gut. Well, donut gut. Um, I mean, it was definitely a paunch. It was there. And I was lying to people about my weight. Uh, I grew up in an era where people teased you about your weight. And so people would ask, how much do you weigh? And I would lie. And I would say, uh, uh, 70 pounds. I would just lie about it. And I don't think they were trying to tease me about my weight. They were five years old. I don't think they noticed or cared. Um, they were just looking for teeter-totter partners. 
you know, so that you'd be roughly balanced. Um, so it, it was just things like that. But I was always maybe a little sensitive about it. And so I think when I was 14, I started running. And by the time I was 16, I was up to four miles a day. And my goal basically was to lose this weight. Of course, I also had a monstrous junk food habit. I really liked ice cream and cake and cookies. Uh, and there were always lots of those available. So, you know, you kind of get into this trap where you would eat the junk food and then want to run four miles to see if you could get rid of the junk food. I mean, I just had this calorie burning mentality. So you'd run four miles and then you'd say, I deserve cake. So then you would eat cake. And then the next day you'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that cake. And so then you'd run four miles. But I have to say, I enjoyed both the cake and the running four miles, although it could be kind of a trap, like I was mentioning. Um, I kept up the running. And in college, I would do some running here and there. Uh, during the summers, I'd have more time and I'd run my four miles a day. And I also kind of got into lifting weights, which I also very much enjoyed. And I just consumed more junk food. Well, then I graduated from college and eventually I was teaching college courses and we had a weight room right on campus, which was just fantastic. And five miles a day kind of became my standard and lift weights for about 45 minutes. So I guess I was uh, the classic gym rat. And so I had a self-designed program. I'd pick up tips from other people. And I was just basically following what looked like it was successful from the people around me. In retrospect, I think I wish I would have bought a program by an expert, uh, buy a book or go to a personal trainer and just learn every last little thing that I should do. I think that I would have saved a lot of time. I would have worked out a lot less, but probably more effectively. And I'll kind of get into that in a little bit. But I think my regret is that it was essentially a self-designed program. Lift weights for 45 minutes, try to lift different muscle groups, and then run for about 45 minutes or so, maybe less, and get my five miles in. Um, okay, so all that being said, it was a great stress relief. Eventually, I started teaching high school. Originally, I was in a school that I think afforded me more stress, gave me more stress, and so just going out and running those five miles afterward in the sunshine, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, somewhere along the way, I heard about people doing marathons. Marathons were just absolutely not in my radar screen any more than climbing the Swiss Alps was in my radar screen. It just was not something that I was thinking about at all. I don't even remember when I first heard about it. But I thought, oh, okay, that sounds cool. That seems like a bucket list idea. So I was about 38, 37, and I started trading for one, and I just could never, ever get it done. Um, I could get up to maybe about 15 miles, and then I just felt like I was in a daze and I couldn't handle it. So finally, I had to start talking with some people who were actually running a marathon, and they gave me all kinds of advice and tips. And it really also was a revelation. It made me really realize that you are working on your marathon 24-7. Like you can't just like go out and run and train and then forget it. You probably could do that when you were 21, when you're more uh, able to have a lot of endurance and all of that. But at 38, it really forced me to do my best to seek out the perfect human diet and to make sure I was getting enough sleep, make sure I was getting enough water, manage my stress level from my job and from my life. Uh, look into things like getting ice baths, uh, look at things like saunas, 
you know, it, it was a comprehensive system. I, I thought it would just be simple, like, hey, just keep running, build up your endurance, and you're going to be all set. But really, it, it forced me to do some strength training, some cardio, sleep, water, uh, stress reduction, just all the things that I mentioned. I had about 10 things on my list. Well, I was also doing a lot of reading, and I was talking to other marathoners, and I hit upon one item, article, which basically said that if you run 40 miles a week, 40 miles a week should consistently get you a marathon. Well, once I started doing 40 miles a week, well, hey, that was about seven hours out of my week, seven hours devoted to exercise. That did not seem like too much. And some days were just three-mile days because you were supposed to go fast, and other days were longer. And then once a week, you would do a long run, and then the long run would range from 12 to 20 hours. And so it was actually a good time to get an iPod, listen to music, or listen to a book on an iPod. Um, I listen to all of the Hunger Games novels on iPods, for example. Um, I listen to a lot of the Heath Brothers nonfiction books like Switch and Made to Sick. These were great books. And so I, I very much looked forward to going for a run, um, although it was kind of hard to get started. I'd say, oh, I'm going to start at 7. And I'd find myself procrastinating, like changing clothes and all the rest of that. And I might not get out there till like 7.20. It just would seem like I'd procrastinate. Maybe that should have told me something. But it didn't, and I kept going. Well, over a 10- or 11-year period, like I said, I ran 40 miles a week. Uh, I ran something like 500 half marathons, roughly one a week. There's about 52 weeks in a year. Let's just call that 50. 50 times 10 years is roughly 500 half marathons. I never officially kept track, so it could be more, it could be less. But I did keep track of the marathons, and I kept all the medals. So I have 50, well, I have 48 medals because I ran three of them just sort of on my own. Um, crazy story, on the eighth marathon, I had the flu, and I didn't know it. Um, but I'd been dragging the whole day before, and I, I just assumed that, well, my body's trying to get me to sleep so that I'll be well-rested for tomorrow. But I, I really didn't know that I, I had the flu, but I found out later. So I was running this marathon, and I was right around mile 20 or so, and uh, I was running with my eyes closed. I was so tired, I was running with my eyes closed, and I tripped, and I sprained my ankle, and I got up, and my first thought was, I'm an idiot, I was running with my eyes closed. And then my second thought was, this is horrible, now I can't finish this marathon, I, I have 6.2 miles to go. I can't finish this thing. I'm a failure. Well, I was sort of walking as I was thinking these things, and then it struck me, you know, I'm just going to walk these last 6.2 miles if that's what it takes. And, of course, if you do the math on that, at about, say, 15 minutes to 20 minutes to walk a mile, then you are looking at four hours at least more to complete this marathon. And so then this would just be an awful finishing time. Um, whatever I was doing before that, roughly about three hours maybe, now tack on four more hours. That'd be seven hours or more. I, I was used to at this point running roughly four-hour marathons. Eventually I got that down to about 3.30. Um, it, it was an awful feeling, but I thought, hey, we marathoners, we think we're tough. We're probably not, but we think we're tough. So I'm just going to walk it. Well, I started walking it, and then I thought, you know, I think I could trot. So I trotted. Then I thought, you know, I think I could run. So I actually ran 
the rest of the whole thing and finished in a time of four hours and 14 minutes, which was not terrific. But on the other hand, it was 20 degrees out. Uh, I found out later that I had the flu and I did sprain my ankle because within about two hours after finishing, that ankle had swollen up to the size of a slow pitch softball or maybe a muskmelon. It was just horribly swollen and uh, it was tough to walk on. And I guess the only explanation for how could I run six miles on a uh, sprained ankle was your body is just releasing so many positive chemicals, endorphins, that it basically acts as, I don't know, like an aspirin. And so I didn't feel it. I didn't feel any problems running those last 6.2 miles. I thought, wow, this is great. I just, I got off of the miracle here. I finished this thing. I felt good because I never, ever really wanted to scratch a marathon. So, but like I said, that evening it had swollen up tremendously. And so then after this race, I was actually a little tired. Uh, I got a little something to eat and I went to sleep. And then I woke up maybe six hours later, seven hours later, which was really weird. And then threw up and I was... Nobody was more startled than me that that this would happen because, well, too much personal information, but I basically never throw up. Um, and then I had to go to the doctor and I found out, yes, okay, you've got a bug. So then it had to get treated with antibiotics. Maybe it wasn't the flu, but it was something like the flu. Well, that was just maybe one of the craziest ones. Um, and then there were just a few other crazy things. And somewhere in there, I decided, oh, I really want to run a faster marathon. So I should mention the very first one I ran, I completed in maybe four hours and 55 minutes, which was really slow, but I was just really happy to be able to finish it. Uh, the second one, I knocked off an hour off of that time and finished it in roughly three hours and 55 minutes, which is maybe roughly nine minutes a mile. The four hour marathon is kind of a gold standard for a lot of marathoners. So I felt really good about that. And I thought, oh, let's just keep going. Maybe I can get this down to like, say, 320 or so. And... Um, I knocked off eventually a number of minutes, just a huge chunk of minutes. So from my original, like nearly five hour time, I eventually ran a marathon at a pace of seven minutes and 44 seconds a mile, which turned into, translates into three hours, 22 minutes, and I think 22 seconds. So that was maybe the fastest one that was number 29. And I was just very proud of that. Um, and then a lot of busy things happened in my life, so I just couldn't keep training as hard as I would like, but I had a whole spate of marathons that were around 330, 331, 333, things along those lines. And I, I just kept going with this. And so pretty soon I'd ran 35 and then 40 and then 45 and then 50. And then I ran that 50 first one. And then suddenly I lost interest and it was just kind of the weirdest thing. So I thought I was just going to do this forever, but just I would, after school, go to run three miles. And then, then I would think three miles is just so long. Three miles is, oh, this is going to take forever. I, I just, I don't want to do this. And just all my usual distractors like, well, you know, you could say your prayers during this three miles. Or, oh, you could like listen to a great book. You have a great book. Or you've got wonderful music you can listen to. None of that was working. And instead of procrastinating maybe 10, 15 minutes, I would procrastinate 40 minutes. Then I would go run those three miles and I would just drag and I would be so slow and I didn't like it. And then I realized that I think I'm done. 
And so it was just the weirdest thing because I'd never scratched a single marathon, but I'd signed up for two in advance and uh, I, I never ran them. I just never trained. I didn't do it. I, I just realized, gosh, I have to shift into other things. So I, I got more into weightlifting uh, and I did a few other exercise type things. But I also kind of want to mention, I feel like I got off lucky. I really do. Um because if I had it to do all over again, I think I would run three marathons, but more on that in just a minute. Um, instead of having this big pile of medals, now I'm kind of thinking about all of my marathoner friends. Every single one of them got broken down and injured. I, I knew people who'd ran 10, 15, 20, 25 marathons. I knew one girl who'd ran 31, and she had so many different health ailments, um, it just really kind of startled me, and it was the thing that she loved to do, and and I guess I don't blame people for loving to do it, um, but they had ankle problems, or they had back problems, or they had something else going wrong, and, you know, people would always come up to me, and they would say things like, are your knees shot yet, you know, or it's like, is your back shot yet, and no, I, I didn't have any of these problems, and to this day, I, I guess I'm very lucky I don't have any of those problems. Um I think my number one rule for myself was always injury prevention, like don't get injured. So I was, like I said, trying to do a comprehensive system. I was trying to get my sleep and drink enough water and all of the rest of that. Um, but in retrospect, I really kind of wish I would have ran three. And here's why. I think instead of spending all that time running, I could have used my time more wisely doing other things. It was always kind of easy for me to tell myself, well, I'm doing two good things at once that ordinarily I wouldn't have time for. I really don't have time to go running because I'm busy. I'm teaching high school and college simultaneously. I'm trying to have a faith life. I'm trying to have a social life. I'm trying to do other things. So I really don't have time to just run. And I really don't have time to just read a book. But if I could do them both at the same time, it was just very easy to justify this to myself that this was a good use of time. Now, in retrospect, there was all kinds of programs out there, like P90X style programs, where they really kind of can get the job done um, in 30 minutes or less. And you can hit every avenue of fitness. You can hit like pretty much almost every CrossFit skill. You can do strength, cardio, flexibility, balance, um, speed, uh, agility, accuracy, uh, all of the rest of these skills. They're all incorporated into one workout. Um, and these workouts can be very, very gentle on your body as well. So you're not necessarily like hammering your joints or wearing out your knees or something like that. So these workouts do every part of your body, not just one or two, like running. And they're more of a comprehensive fitness model, which is what I believe in very strongly. So you could look up P90X, P90X2, P90X3. There's uh, just all kinds of programs from a site called Beachbody.com. They've got about 20, 25 programs. They've got everything from, hey, you've never exercised in your life. You're a total couch potato to you are a complete maniac. And if you're a maniac, I think they've got one called insanity and another one called asylum. And these are for the people who they, they want you to saw off their arm and beat them with it. I mean, they want a serious workout, essentially. So they've got everything from beginner to old hand, I guess. Um, what I kind of wish I would have done instead of 10, 11 years worth of marathons is I wish I would have done the year of something else. Like, hey, maybe this is the year of podcasting. I learned to podcast. Or maybe this is the year of learning a foreign language like French or Japanese. 
Or maybe this is the year of learning how to do rock climbing or swing dancing or magic tricks or teach a brand new subject that I've never taught before. So I think that's kind of where I wound up landing is wishing that I would have done something else instead. Um, but they always say, what are you going to do with regrets? I think the best thing to do with regrets personally is have them. Because if they spur you to do something else that's different, then I think regrets can be very, very positive. They help you reflect upon your life and choose to do something different. So that is some of the story of all these crazy marathons and things like that that I did. And now I'm in a different phase of life and it's all good. So thank you so much for listening. I'll be back in five days.